Blog Talk Radio. Here once again, now it's thinking in. All the memories come flooding back to me. Sing it out loud, now all your proud. Full of deception, but do the lies to me.
everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Adelman Radio Show. The song you just heard is my single, Sinking In, off my debut album, Leave It All Behind, which you can find on iTunes by searching Carrie Adelman. I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight as we have an amazing guest. I'm really excited to bring her on shortly. She is known as the Queen of Scream, and it is actress and model Susie Lorraine. And before I bring her on, I'm just going to give everyone a little bit of information about my show like I do at the beginning of each show. The concept of this show is I developed it a little while ago, probably about two months it's been running now. And first, I just want to thank my uh, audience and all the guests that have come on the show. The show is just doing really well. We've hit 1,100 listens as of today, so it's, it's really great, and I really appreciate all your support. And the concept of the show was basically me kind of giving back to everyone else and, and helping people out there as a clinical psychologist as well as a singer-songwriter. I always wanted to combine my background with psychology and entertainment and music and really be able to support people doing creative things or just interesting things as a means to help them get their name out there and promote what they're doing to let the world know who they are and what it is that they do. As we all know, it's very difficult to be in many aspects of the entertainment industry. And I've interviewed a variety of people. I mean, I interview very established people like Susie LaRange and Florentine. Um, and I also interview a lot of up-and-coming people who I really want to support and help them get their names out there too. So on my show, people are going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like, the experiences they've encountered, as well as learn what it's like to be in their profession. And a few concepts I just want people to keep in mind is that although I am a clinical psychologist, and at times psychological concepts or terms might be brought up or thrown around on the show, the show is not meant by any means to be providing any type of uh, psychological services or formal treatment. So if we do talk about things, it's going to be a more of a generic and, and broad framework rather than applying it to specific persons. And also, since we will be talking about many exciting, intriguing, and I'm sure at times controversial stories with the experiences that my guests have encountered, I would prefer that people keep any identifying information about any organizations or persons they're talking about um, private in order to protect the anonymity of the people, as the show isn't meant to embarrass or humiliate people, but I'm sure we will have some uh, very interesting and uh, funny stories to talk about. So at the end of the show... I'll give some information about how to become a guest on the show. In the meantime, if you're tuned in, we already have some people in the chat room. Please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. Feel free to join us in the chat room, as well as feel free to call in during the show and ask Susie any questions you may have. The number is 805-243-1320. And I've also posted a bunch of information in the chat room about Susie Lorraine. So if anyone wants to uh, check her out while we're talking, you can go to her website. It is www.suzylorraine, that's S-U-Z-I-L-O-R-R-A-I-N-E.com. And then we can, uh, we're going to get to the interview shortly. So I'm sure everyone's intrigued to hear about our guest, and I've been fortunate enough to have the opportunity to meet Susie um, a few months back at a Monster Mania convention that I had attended. And uh, it was a pleasure to meet her, and we've been, you know, keeping in touch ever since, so it's, it's been really cool. Um, a little bit about Susie. She is a New York native. She's also an actor, writer, and model. She's particularly drawn to the horror and comedy genres. Most appealing roles to her are those that fuse the two together in order to complement her own quirky and offbeat sense of humor. Among her biggest inspirations have been dark comedies such as Evil Dead and Basket Case. 
Her adoration of genre films has also led to her being featured in Clang the Game, Kingdom of Gladiators, Destined to be Ingested, Wonton Baby, Sea of Dust, and Bikini Girls on Ice, just to name a few. Susie has appeared in over 40 independent films, which has resulted in her having the opportunity to work all over the world. One of her most memorable roles in her career was having shared scenes with Hugh Grant in the Mark Lawrence film titled Music and Lyrics. Her work has also led to her being honored at film festivals, including Susie Lorraine Knight in Torino, Italy, at the Empire Theater, and at the prestigious Ravina Nightmare Film Festival in Ravenna, Italy. I apologize again if I mispronounced that. On both occasions, the festival featured a retrospective of her films. For also the past five years, Susie's column, titled Diary of a Scream Queen, has been featured in Gorezone Magazine, which is a United Kingdom-based genre magazine that has a circulation of 90,000 issues per month. And in October of 2009, she co-hosted the Gorezone Film Festival in London, England, as well as recently co-hosted several Monster Fest episodes for the AMC channel. Finally, she recently finished working behind the camera for the first time, as well as starring in a film that she has completed, which is a horror comedy feature film titled Wonton Baby, and we will definitely get to talking about that tonight, which is a story about a cannibalistic baby, devil baby with an Elvis pompadour who goes on a killing rampage. Um, she created the story, co-produced, and co-starred in the film. And again, for more information on Susie Lorraine, visit SusieLorraine.com. Okay, so I've given everyone a lot of information, and now what we are going to do is bring her on the air. Susie, you're now on the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey, Carrie. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Absolutely. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm, I, my voice might sound a little bit scratchy because I think I'm coming down with something like a summer cold, but um, other than oh. that, I'm doing well. Good, good. Well, you sound great, so I don't, I don't uh, hear any hint of anything uh, <laughs> going on. So, um, so far, so good. Awesome. So, yeah, I'm really excited to have you on the show. I mean, I've been thinking for the past week while I was preparing the interview, just there's so many questions I want to ask you, and I don't even know where to begin, to be honest. But um, I guess the first thing to just start out is the most interesting thing to me is just to let the audience know um, originally where are you from and also how old were you when you became interested in horror movies? Um, you know, I'm actually not a New York native. I'm a, I'm a New Jerseyan, um, born and raised oh, really? in I'm New so Jersey sorry. for the most part. Um, but I also, I lived in North Carolina um, for eight years, um, and then I okay. came back to New Jersey. And then now I'm in New York City, and I've been here for about three years. But I'm really a New okay. Jerseyan at heart. And, um, nice. Hopefully Where in New come Jersey? Back to the Garden State someday. All over the place. I've I've lived all over northern Jersey. I was in Bloomfield, Ramsey, okay. Bootin, Lake Hiawatha, <laughs> you name it. I probably was probably wow. there at some point. <laughs> that's what, well, I apologize. I was reading your bio, and that's where I pulled some of that information from, so I apologize for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, but, yeah, I started um, acting kind of as a late bloomer. Um, I didn't start until I was in college, um, and in fact, right. I was just looking for a way to make some extra money, so I started modeling, and um, and so that worked out, and, and my agent that signed me, she's like, you know, if if um, you take some acting classes, it'll make you a whole lot more marketable, and then I can send you out on, you know, on commercials and film auditions, you know, little stuff, 
And um, sure. so I did it, and I just fell in love with um, with acting in, in a scene study class. And that's how it happened. So, you know, there was no theater in, in school for me, like in high school or junior right, high. Right. Um, the one stage experience I did have was pretty funny. I was in Cinderella in the play when I was, like, like eight years old. But, you know, okay. I didn't want to play Cinderella or, or you know, one of the stepsisters. I, I chose to play the messenger. You know, he's like, she's like, hear ye, hear ye. You know, the, the queen has right, right, right. invited you because <laughs> I got to blow a trumpet. <laughs> and I blew it off key every 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 um night and I would get a good reaction from the audience and I got a kick out right. of that. But that was that was really it until college, believe it or not. Wow. So just just digressing a little bit, so um but what interested you specifically, I guess, and we can then get back to your acting, in horror, like when you were growing up, like what specifically kinda caught your attention? You know, everything. I have been a horror fan since as long as I've been a film fan. Um, you know, which okay. was probably since I was like seven or eight years old. Um, okay. I have an older brother, and you know, I credit him. He's nine years older than me, so I credit him a lot with my exposure <laughs> to a lot of horror films. Okay. Um, you know, whether my parents knew about it or not, I think I got you know imprinted rather young. But I just remember, you know, like like watching something, and I'd be so scared and freaked out, and then I'd leave. But then I'd run back into his room later, and I'd say, hey, let's watch that again, or can you, you know, can, can we do this, or can you play, like, Alice Cooper? I, I, you know, I love that right, song, right. you know, but it scares me. So there was just something, like, just something about horror movies that's always been near and dear to my heart. And it's kind of like a roller coaster. I mean, it's like that vicarious thrill from, you know, Absolutely. from living through the characters on the screen without actually getting hurt. Right, right. So <laughs> what is the Hopefully. first horror movie that you <laughs> right. What is the first horror movie that you can remember, I guess, being exposed to by your brother? You know, it was probably Halloween or Carrie. Okay. They all blend. Dead and buried. Right, right, right. I have, I have such vivid um, memories of 80s movies in particular, um, you know, except what I grew right. up on. And I just remember going to the video store, and, you know, if it was a horror movie and, and the box cover looked cool, I would rent it, no matter how right. crappy it turned <laughs> to be. You know, I didn't care. <laughs> That's a, I, it's funny when you're talking about that because I'm just kind of reflecting on myself because I'm I mean I'm not as I'm definitely a big horror fan I'm not probably as a fanatic as you are being involved as much as you are in that type of industry but same with me growing up I mean I would go to the movie place around seven eight years old and right just took out anything that looked like crazy and my parents had no idea what we were watching half the time because they didn't even check it out um, until I don't know if you ever saw this film. Did you ever see the film called Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer? Oh, yeah. Did you ever see That's the classic, yeah. Yeah, that's now probably, I can't really remember it. I don't think interesting to you as, as a psychologist, too, because he's just a perfect, you, you know, case study and, and a nutshell. Right, right. I got to rent that at some point because, well, that was the one where, well, one of my parents did walk in because I was kind of similar. It was the opposite. It was me pulling my brother in to watch all this stuff with us and, kind of probably walked uh-huh. in during not a good scene, and that was it. We were, like, done with yep. R-rated horror movies for a very long time. <laughs> I could imagine. But, and um, see, that's part of the fun is it's the taboo side of it. It's being, you know, for me, 8, 9, 10, 11 years old and, and being able to see what only older kids are supposed to watch. So I was always very right. precocious like that, too. Right. Very right. precocious, precocious <laughs> rather. <laughs> right, Absolutely. Um, so what, is, what would you say, like, one of your favorite horror movies is? I know you talk a lot about, you know, fusing the comedy and the, uh, the horror genres together. So 
What's one of your favorite ones? You know, my if I had to pick an all-time perfect horror movie, I would definitely say The Shining. And I nice. think, you know, now that I think about it, you don't think about that as a horror comedy, right? But you're right. If you look at Jack Nicholson. If you look at the way he played that character, there are some really dark, funny moments. And his, if it's just his inflection, you know, if yeah. it's just like the way he moves his head, you, you know, I I see the humor, even with the here's Johnny. I mean, but everything from the subtle to the over the top. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's just it's just a, a beautiful movie. I mean, the cinematography is is just immense and and and. You know, it, it's what many filmmakers strive to make, I think, you know, because it just envelops you into the scene and you get this this complete sense of isolation, um, you know, which is what they're intending and just, just watching this man unravel with his family. Um, you know, right, right. Crazy. Yeah, no, I can't agree with you more. I mean, that's a, that's a really interesting point because I never really looked at it from that perspective, but I think you're absolutely right that there are very dark moments with the way he is acting, but it's a very... There's there's some comedy kind of you know you have to kind of look for it but it is there I mean that's that's really cool I never thought of it like that very yeah and I've always I've always been attracted to humor that is not intended to be funny it just happens and it's it's raw right. and it's black and it's dark and it's like wait I'm not supposed to laugh but damn that's freaking funny <laughs> you know <laughs> right and I think that's yeah that's that's uh, an example very cool very cool so getting involved in, like you said, a little, you know, later on in life. And I, I think that's a cool point that you make, and we could talk about that a little later in the show too because I definitely want to have people who are interested maybe in going into acting or that line of work. You talk a little bit about some of the challenges, some of the good things about it. Um, did you find your family and friends to be supportive of this direction you wanted to go in, especially with regards to, you know, choosing kind of a, a horror type of genre to go into? No, yes and no. I would say yes for the most part. You know, all of my friends okay. have been totally supportive. Most of my family. Um, you know, my parents are a little bit conservative, so um, while they're supportive, they just don't want to see any movie in which I get hurt. In fact, my father doesn't even want, want to watch anything, any movie where I hurt someone else, which I find pretty okay. interesting. Okay. Um, interesting. So, um yeah, so my mother's my, my champion. I mean, she supports everything I do, and she's proud and encouraging. Awesome. And uh, I think my dad probably kind of tempers that. Like, I remember when I had, oh, I think I had booked, like, a Nike commercial as a principal. It was something pretty pretty pivotal in my early acting career. And I told okay. him, he's like, you know what? I never thought you'd do it. I never thought you'd be able to do it. And he didn't mean it in a mean way. He just thought, okay. like, you know, being an accountant, he just thought, you know, gosh, that's just so impossible to break into. So, I mean, that's just like the way his background is. And, you know, he just saw making a future in in acting and filmmaking as a real long shot. Well, and how did you, even though, like you said, he didn't mean it in maybe a negative way, he was more kind of just impressed that you were able to accomplish this. How did you feel about that? Yeah, you know, when he first said it, I was so mad. Like, I was just seething, and I was just like, yeah, I can't believe you but then um, I thought about it and I was like you know I have to understand where he's coming from like he totally you know loves me and wants the best for me but coming you know he's older too and you know he just has different life experiences and different you know sees things a little different than me cool cool I'm glad that everything worked out and even like you said if he doesn't (laughs) want to see you getting killed or killing someone else at least he can respect and appreciate your, your passion for this and your drive to continue you know thriving in this 
business, which, you know, is challenging, and I'm sure you know from your own experiences how challenging it can be. Um, Absolutely. Who are some of the, I guess, actresses or actors in horror, in the horror world that kind of catch your attention or that you look up to and, you know? Um, you know, I really love Christopher Walken as an actor because, again, it, mm-hmm. it goes back to the, that comedic sensibility. He just blends, he can blend the macabre with the, the humorous so well. Um, and I think mm-hmm. no matter what role he's in, whether it's horror or drama or comedy, I mean, he's just so versatile. Um, you know, he's certainly not a horror actor per se. I mean, um, but I just think I would probably want to work the most with him because I think he's cool. brilliant. Um in terms of other actors, um, gosh, there's just so many. It's just so hard to narrow it down. I really have a lot of respect for Natalie Portman, who, again, has nothing, not too much to do with horror, but I just respect her her ability as an actor to just, like, throw herself into the role and become the character. Yeah. And I, I yeah, love definitely. that. What I love about her is that you don't see her in the tabloids making an ass of herself. You know, she has class. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's a good point. And, you know, and I really admire that because I don't think there's enough of that um, in Hollywood. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Well, I mean, I, I'm sure you seem to kind of present yourself in the same way. You know what I mean? You seem like very grounded and kind of very authentic and... I mean, would you say that you're kind of a similar person in terms of how you try to present yourself to the public? And I hope so, yeah. I mean, I guess I just try to be kind. I think that's the thing that comes to me first, and I think that's what mm-hmm. impresses me most about human beings in general is kindness. And I remember my mother telling me, she's like, it's better to be kind than to be right. And as hard as that is for us sometimes, it's just so true. And, you know, people are not going to remember, you know, like on their deathbed at the end of the day, they're not going to remember what you said to them, you know, what what you did together. They're going to remember how you made them feel. Exactly. I think that's really important to give that out and hopefully have it come back, you know, there's that respect and kindness. I agree. And and I think even in the various things that I do, I, I totally agree with you. And that's something I always really hone in on and say to other people when they're, you know, asking about music or they want to get involved in some form of entertainment. And, like, the main thing is just, like you're saying, I mean, be kind to people, be genuine to people, and and don't meet people and try to just, you know, get things from them because it's just eventually going to backfire. Like you're saying, hopefully by being a kind person, um, you know, that maybe in one day it will come back to, you know, to you and they'll support you and do something for you. So I agree with you, absolutely. Um, so I wanted to play one of the interviews that I had gotten off of YouTube. It's just a piece because I think it ties in nicely to you discussing how you got involved in the horror world. Um, and then when we come back, we'll hone in more on your uh, different movies that you're involved in and talk about what it's like to be in the industry. Does that sound good? That sounds great. Okay. All right. So everyone, again, everyone who's tuning tuning in right now, we are on with this the Queen of Scream. I'm sorry, excuse me, Susie. It's been a long day. Actually, <laughs> I like that moniker. You can check. <laughs> you can check her out at SusieLurian.com. We're going to check out one of her interviews right now, where she talks about how she got involved in the horror industry. And when we come back, we will start talking more about her specific projects and movies slash films that she's involved in. Okay, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Susie Lorraine, and I'm an actress and model from New York City. 
beginning. Um, I've been a horror fan ever since I was a baby, I think, um, like right out of the womb. Um, you know, when I was like four or five, six years old, um, I remember I had, you know, I have an older brother, and he used to sneak me into his room, unbeknownst to my parents, and you know, let let me watch all kinds of scary movies like Dead and Buried and Halloween and Psycho, and um, so I guess you could say I, you know, I grew up on horror, and I've just always had an affinity for it, and um, so uh, really, you know, when I was younger, I never thought that I'd be that I would be an actress. But um, I started modeling when I was in college just to make some extra money. And um, my, uh, my modeling agent said, you know, it would make you a lot more marketable if, if you went ahead and took an acting class. So um, I ended up enrolling in a scene study class and absolutely just fell in love with acting. And um, I think what is the coolest part is actually, you know, just becoming someone else. I remember I was in that scene study class and it was me and another actor. And you have all of the other, you know, act actors around you watching you do the scene. And I remember the intensity of it. And while I was doing the scene, while we were reading, um, everything else just disappeared. It's like, you know, my classmates weren't even there because you just, you get so into your character, you become the character. And that's what I love about it. So anyway, flash forward um, seven years. And um, I am an official scream queen in the uh, underground B horror genre, and um, I've made about 30 or 40 films, uh, probably most of them horror. Um, you know, I have a decent fan base and following, and you know, I go to conventions and do do those kind of circuits. And uh, you know, it's really been been an interesting thing. But you know, I would love to to up it to the next level and you know work on more mainstream projects. Okay, everyone, again, we are on the air with Susie Lorraine, the Queen of Scream, and we just checked out an interview where she described her experiences and how she got involved in the horror industry. So, Susie, we are back on the air now. Great. Great. Awesome. So how did you get the name <laughs> the Queen of Scream? How, how did that come about? I don't about? know. I have no idea. This is the first time I've heard you call me that. <laughs> is it on a bio it's somewhere awesome. that somebody might have written for me? <laughs> Because so it's not, kinda... I mean, it's definitely, it's an interesting moniker, but um, but no, I hadn't promoted it previously. Okay, cool. Well, I like it anyway. I think it's a it's a nice catchy <laughs> uh, phrase. <laughs> but I, um, I mean, I do consider myself a scream queen, and you know, I'm definitely proud to to be working in horror and not only acting in horror, but also producing in horror and, and writing. Um, so yeah, that's um, great. yeah, I mean, I'm definitely, I think, a, a bona fide underground scream queen. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, I think you're more than underground. I think you've definitely uh, made your mark in the uh, horror industry, so you should definitely be very proud of yourself for that. Um, so some of the questions I wanted to ask, and then we'll get into some a couple of the uh, movies that I thought were really interesting that you've done. Um, from reading about your background, I noticed that um, you've been involved, you know, again, in mostly the horror comedy films. And I wanted to know from... You've been involved in so many over 40 films. What types of roles would you say that you're particularly drawn to? Are you drawn to more of the victim role, the perpetrator? Uh, is it a variety? I'm just curious to know. Pretty much anything other than the victim. I really don't okay. like playing the victim. I really prefer to play the protagonist or antagonist. 
Um, okay. It's much more invigorating and enjoyable and cathartic and fun because you can be big, you know, and um, right. you can kind of, um, you know, live through these characters. And um, I, But I'm definitely drawn to, to strength in characters. I, I really don't like, um, you know, roles that put down women or are demeaning, and I've turned down many a script okay. for that reason, whether it's just crappy writing wow. or just, um, you know, a, a character where I felt she was just, just super weak, um, or, um, you know, so, I mean, I don't know that I would consider myself a feminist per se, but I, I definitely okay. think that women can, in horror movies, can be viewed as, as strong, you know, survivors, and I think Absolutely. that's what I neat about my relationship with um, James Morgart, who um, who actually wrote Wonton Baby, who I worked with, um, who I've, I've okay. known professionally for about 10 years. Um, and he sees he sees that too, and um, you know he um, is is very um, tuned in to making sure that the character development is there, and that it's not just a flat, hollow, one-dimensional character. Right, right. That's really cool, and that's 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 really neat to hear you say too that you know you're drawn to more of these stronger female roles, and you're willing to maybe turn stuff down if you don't feel that it's the right thing and it doesn't represent maybe you getting involved in that character role because that doesn't represent you as a person. So that's that's cool. That's cool that you're able to kind of stand your ground with that. Um, what is it about the victim role, I guess, because you said that's something you're not, you know, particularly drawn to, that that doesn't really kind of fit well with you? Um, it's just not fun. And I'll tell you why. Because for me, okay. when I'm playing a victim, I can do it well. I can be completely convincing and you know, I'm not saying that I wouldn't accept that that role if I saw Samaritan in it in the future. Absolutely, I mean they're horror movies, right. but it's just so taxing because you have to go there and you have to hyperventilate and you have to, you know, your head has wow. to hurt. You have to feel it in your bones. If you're getting tortured or you're in fear of being attacked, you have to feel that and live that and right. reject that. So I actually go there. Sometimes I've gotten migraines, um, you know, from working on set just because. Um, you know, I I try to to become the character to the best of my ability, so it's just not fun. Okay. <laughs> At the I end can, of the day, I, I never, mean, it's, you know, it's something funny. you can be proud of, but it's not. And I think if you ask a lot of other actors, mm-hmm. you know, actresses in the horror world, I think they'll say the same thing. Interesting. Okay. Cool. I'll definitely. I mean, I'm definitely <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to look to interview some more people, um, you know, in the near future that are involved in horror. So I'll definitely have to keep that question in mind. Um, so let's discuss, uh, I thought one of the, I was looking at a bunch of the trailers you had sent me. And um, just again, just to uh, key the audience in, I'm going to, you know, give out some names of the films that you've been in, um, including Clang the Game, Kingdom of Gladiators, Tormented, Destined to be Ingested, Wonton Baby, Sea of Dust, and Bikini Girls on Ice. And the one that I, I checked out um, and I had uploaded to the uh, station for people to listen to was the one called Tormented. And it just it really caught my eye. If I can give just a brief description, then you can kind of talk more about it, and then we'll listen to a clip of it. You know, you're, you're driving in this car, and, you know, on the side of the road, there's just this kind of creepy, dirty, like, garbage bag, and it starts, like, moving, like, something's inside of it, and you're not sure really what it is. <laughs> and right away, I'm, like, intrigued. I'm like, wow, this movie looks really cool. And I guess the concept is that you're you're seeing things that other people aren't seeing, and people are trying to convince you that nothing else is happening, and then you, you kind of see—I guess it's like an image of a creepy clown, but you don't really get the whole, 
you know, picture of what the guy looks like? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, and that's then, right. And then that's, um, that's, yeah, so definitely talk more about that because that looks really interesting. Yeah, that was that was really interesting. Um, it's basically about this this character uh, named Lauren, and she was uh, committed to a, a mental um, you know facility for treatment. Okay. She was having some issues, and um, it, basically the movie starts the day she's released, and her husband comes to pick her up, and um, you know they're they're really hopeful that they're going to be able to patch things up, but obviously they've had some issues because he's has a problem with drinking, and she had a problem with you know some mental illness in her past okay. and, um, you know, some demons. So basically it's her coming out, you know, hopeful but still a little bit fragile and just as okay. soon as she's out, you know, stuff starts happening and, you know, the viewer's not quite sure if she's seeing this, you know, if this is reality or if it's just some pigment of her imagination. Oh, interesting. Okay. So it, it keeps playing out and you're still trying to figure out, wait, is she seeing this? Because it seems like she's the only person who sees stuff. Or is it really there and no one else, and everyone else is missing it because they're not as perceptive? Um, right, right. That's, that's the gist of it, and I liked it because I mean, I suppose in in some ways she could be perceived as a victim, but there's there's a hell of a twist at the end that definitely makes her wow anti-victim. <laughs> and how long? Uh, it was an independent film. How long was the film about? Was it in terms of time wise? I think it was probably about 70 minutes, I would guess. Maybe, no, maybe oh, nice. Maybe. Okay. Oh, cool. Okay. And where can you, I would be, I would love to access that. Can you, where can I get a copy or download it or? It should be on Netflix. I think most uh, or okay. a lot of my movies are on Netflix um, or cool. Amazon.com. A lot of them, uh, in fact, I just sent a link of like, like 10 movies that I recommend to a fan of mine the other day. Um, you know, a lot of which can be bought on Amazon if you just search the title. Cool, cool. So everyone, again, who's listening right now, definitely check out Netflix and Amazon. Type in Susie Lorraine and go to her website as well as YouTube. You can check out a bunch of the trailers for the films that she's involved in. So let's uh, let's listen to a clip from Tormented, and then when we get back, we're going to talk about her um, Gorezone magazine that she's involved in as well as the film that she recently uh, co-produced and starred in, which is called, and I'm just getting a little stuck on a lot of things right here, um, Wonton Baby. Wonton Baby. And then we'll also, Wonton Baby, yep. And we'll also <laughs> talk about her upcoming uh, horror convention that she's going to be at uh, coming up in the next uh, few weeks. Okay, so let's check out Tormented, a clip from that, and then we'll be right back with Susie Lorraine. What's that? Right there. <laughs> well, she's seeing people who aren't there, for one thing. They wear big shoes. Yeah, they also drive little cars, okay? Maybe if we look around, we can find some tiny little tire tracks leading away. <laughs> what the hell can a clown do to us, right? Honk his horn at us? Okay, everyone, and we're now back on the air with Susie Lorraine. We just checked out a clip from the trailer that she was in and the independent film called Tormented, which you can check out on Netflix or on Amazon.com. Okay, so back to talking about 
more movies. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to comment on with the film Tormented? Or we'll move on to talk about um, long comedy. It was, it was directed by Steve Sessions, and we shot it in okay. Mississippi. It was actually my first time in Mississippi. I guess it was oh, probably cool. going on like three or four years ago. So it was a lot of fun. I, I really um, bonded with everybody on set and, uh, you know, definitely look forward to making another movie with those guys. I told them, I was like, you got to bring me back to Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So hopefully there will be another movie in the works with uh, with them. Cool. Well, we look forward to hearing from that. Absolutely. So let's talk about Wonton Baby, and, and that sounds like a really interesting film. And as you said, you were involved not only in starring in the film, but also co-writing and producing it, which is really exciting, I'm sure, to start getting behind the camera and being, you know, a part of the production and, and the writing process. So tell us a little bit about that film. Um, that was actually an idea that I had been sitting on for a couple of years, I guess, before it, it actually came to, to fruition. Um, okay. And I just thought to myself, you know, I'm an actor. I really don't have any desire to direct or produce but if I did, this would be the idea. So I always had that on the back burner, and I figured maybe someday, like if I, you know, am able to self-finance it, or if I'm able to sell the idea to somebody that believes in it enough to fund it, I'll make it make it a go. So I was just talking to my friend James Morgart one day, and uh, we had worked on another independent film together, and we've been friends ever since. And I was just telling him about it, and I just spent like you know, like 20 minutes just, just explaining to him my concept for Wonton Baby, and he just listened, and he laughed, and he nodded, and he just loved <laughs> it. And he's like, you know what? We should make this. That's and, great. Um, he was the impetus. He um, wrote it. I mean, it's it, it's my story idea, but it's his his creation. It's his script. Um, oh, wow. And we worked okay. together. You know, we worked together. He would send me like 20 pages at a time and say, hey, this is how it's going. Is this on track? is this what you're thinking? And it was, it was like, you know, sharing the same brain. It was just, he's a phenomenal writer. Um, I, I can't Very say enough cool. about his writing abilities and just, just completely on par. He gets the horror comedy connection and he, he just got the whole idea for Wonton Baby. So we were able to obtain funding, which is the hardest part of making an independent film, a good one. And um, so it was a go. So like this dream of mine that I thought would be like when I'm, 50 or 60 actually came to fruition. I mean, granted, it's, it's a low-budget film, but I'm still pleased with what happened, and it screamed at yeah, the around the world. Oh, wow, great. So it's already it's already done and out then. It is. It's, um, it, we just got picked up for distribution a couple months ago by R-Squared Films, so it's going to be coming out on DVD. I'm not sure if they're going to have any other like limited screenings, um, but it's definitely going to have a DVD release. Um, the end of this year is, is what the distributor is telling us, so it's just great Congratulations. news. Really yeah, nice that deal. is awesome. And uh, just, again, give the audience uh, a description of, of this film, and I guess how did you come up with this? Because it sounds really interesting. <laughs> um, well, it was it, we heavily borrowed from Basket Case, you know, um, so the idea is a parasitic twin, um, okay. And the, the interesting thing to me is that I had I had just before I actually flushed out the idea, um, I had watched um, a show on the Discovery Channel about the real medical condition fetus in fetu, where you know a, a sibling actually uh, in utero, say there's twins, and right. the two eggs are you know the mother's carrying twins, but one doesn't form properly and ends up enveloping the other one, 
and becoming like a parasite rather than its own independent, um, you know, person. So in the womb, it latches on, only one baby is born, and the baby, the other twin, is inside of the sibling, a fetus in situ, and this really happens. And, you know, sometimes they, they operate and pull it out like eight or 18 years later, and it's just like this mound of like hair and teeth and you know it's just this wow. weird genetic thing and it can totally right. happen and I have the most amazing story it was like 5 a.m. and we were shooting one son baby so we were exhausted and one of the um, actors in the film she comes up to me she's like you know I had a fetus in C2 and when I was 19 and I thought she was kidding so I was like I, I'm going to start laughing and then I was like wait a second she's looking pretty serious and she said wow. when I was 19 I had it and um, my parents told me that I killed my, my siblings. And um, so, you know, she, I mean, she was kind of joking about it and making light of it now. Right, she, right, right. She said that she really had this and had it removed. Wow. Um, so I think it's just remarkable to me that this can actually happen. And so that's how Wonton Baby came about. We wanted to make it really outrageous as opposed to just, like, hair and teeth. We wanted a fully formed fat fetus, <laughs> you know, so he's, what? like, 50 pounds of, he's um he's Chinese, that's his heritage, so he looks kind of, um you know, Asian, and he has, like, Elvis right. hair, like, he's born with this full, lush Elvis pompadour, and has, like, this gravity, wow. Tom Waits voice, it's very silly, it's, you know, that sounds awesome. very over-the-top like really, and funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really cool, so... Everyone has to definitely uh, check out Wonton Baby, and as you mentioned, it's going to be out for distribution. And will that also be available then on Netflix and places like that? Yeah, absolutely. And they're um, hopeful that they're going to get it on TV too. So hopefully, you know, like in the U.S. we have the Chiller Channel. In the U.K. they have Horror Channel. So we're hoping that, you know, we could be able to ink a deal like that as well. And also for anybody in the New York, New Jersey area that's listening uh, Wonton Baby is screening this weekend. I'm still trying to find out if they're screening it Friday or Saturday, but it's screening okay. at the Saturday Nightmares Convention, and um, it's in East Rutherford, New Jersey, at the Meadowland Sheraton. Um, and if you go to the Saturday Nightmares website or Facebook page, you can find out. I'm just trying to figure out which day it screens, but if anyone is around, definitely come and check out our film and you know other films. They're screening too with some great horror movies and um, you know, they have a lot of great guests there, too, like Tippi Hedren will be there and the cast of Return of the Living Dead and, you know, Dawn nice. of the Dead, a lot of, um, lot of horror celebrities, too. Awesome, awesome. And and you'll, of course, be there, too. So everyone, definitely go uh, check out Susan Lorraine if you can get to the convention this weekend. And uh, hopefully you'll be able to see her uh, film, Wonton Baby, screening there, too. That's great. And, Congratulations uh, and Debbie LaShawn will be there, too. And she's, um, you know, she's a, a scream queen that I've admired, you know, from the time I started my um, acting. Um, so she'll be there with us. She's the star of Wonton Baby. She plays Madame Wonton, oh, really? who is uh, Wonton's mother. <laughs> and um, yes, yeah, so she'll be there as well, and, and James Morgart, the uh, director and producer, will be there too. Cool, cool. I might have to reach out to them at some point and see if they want to come on the show for an interview to promote their stuff. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. they would really love cool. to. <laughs> okay, yeah, definitely mention it. And uh, I know I'm a friend of Debbie's on Facebook. I'm not sure what was the producer's name again. Jim. James Morgart. 
James Margard. Okay, okay, I'll definitely have to try to check him out too. So, yeah, I mean that that is awesome. I'm so proud that you were able to, like you said, take your idea and actually put it out there. And I guess why don't we briefly talk about just some of the challenges? I mean, one of the challenges you mentioned with getting involved, if you want to, you know, produce and write, is is getting the funding for the film. Um, so let's just talk about a couple of things on your end with regards to the challenges of becoming an actress, as well as, you know, some of the challenges with putting out your own material? Sure. Um, in terms of acting, I think it's just getting your feet wet. I, I remember right. not that long ago I had, you know, like an acquaintance of an acquaintance say, hey, you know what, I want to be on, you know, I want to be on that show Law & Order. How do I do that? You know, can you can you get me a casting or tell me what agent can get me on that show? And it was so <laughs> cute because, you know, she didn't mean to be cocky or anything. She just really didn't know how, um, sure. you know, how the industry works and how difficult it is <laughs> to get on any TV show, you know, unless you're playing an extra. Um, you know, there's, there's a certain path you have to take, and, and the first path that I told her is just, your training, your acting chops, you know, you know, enroll in classes, learn your craft, so key. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, work on student films, realize that in the beginning you're probably not going to get paid because, you know, you need to build, build up your resume before you become in demand. So, you know, volunteer to work on student films or, you know, local theater, awesome, you know, community theater, anything, um, you know, just to get your experience and confidence as an actor because, if you're horrible and green, you know, you could you could land the best audition in the world, but they're just not going to book you. Um, right, right. You know, so, so it's so imperative um, to get the training. Um, and then, you know, that's that's often what makes the agencies take notice and, you know, attend showcases once you're, you know, once you're polished enough and, you know, then you can hopefully get an agent or at least, you know, just build your base. I think that's, that's right. crucial. But in terms of other stumbling blocks, I guess it's just, I would say to actors, don't get discouraged because, mm-hmm. you know, there are so many people going for the same role. It's like you might walk into a casting and you might be a, an amazing actor, but you're going to walk into a casting with anywhere from 10 to maybe 200 other amazing actors. Wow. Um, right. So sometimes it's a numbers game and you just have to, you know, be in it to win it and it's like, you may be, to use an example that I'd heard before, you may be like the most amazing cat in the world, like you are the, the most consummate feline. But if they're looking for a dog, you're not right. going to get the dog. And it doesn't mean right. you're a bad cat. It just means you're not a dog. It just means it wasn't appropriate for you. So don't mm-hmm. get discouraged. And I think that's a good point to make, Susie, because I think, I mean, like we were talking about earlier, I mean, anything, whether it's comedians or, you know, actors and actresses or even getting involved in the music industry, it's, there's a lot of, I hate to say it, but, you know, there's a lot of more no's than yeses. But I think if you do keep at it, and like you said, you start at a place where you can be kind of realistic, and even if it's doing stuff for free and honing your skills and getting your name out there, you know, hopefully over time things will, will start to build and, and work in your favor. So I can't agree with you more with that. I think that's a really, really valid point that you made with that. Um, and also that, my great. other advice would be don't go into acting thinking you're going to be famous or that right. you're going to be rich. <laughs> because if you want to be rich, become an investment banker. <laughs> right. You know, because it's right. probably not going to happen. You need to have the love and the passion for acting, mm-hmm. and then that's what's going to give you the fulfillment, and that's what's going to 
it'll make your job easier because every day you have to do something to push and promote your career and move it forward. And if you love it, then it's not really going to seem like work, you know. Absolutely. So do it Absolutely. you're about it, not because you think you're going to be rich. Because most of us aren't. I'd rather be happy than rich. Yeah, I think over time, I think people hopefully can can see that yeah that the money's not everything, and it's it that's a great point that you bring up there too because I remember I was listening to uh, I don't know if you're a fan of Howard Stern, but I was listening oh, yeah. to him <laughs> recently, and he had uh, he had uh, the Foo Fighters on, and uh, mm-hmm. I don't know why it's just, oh Dave Grohl the main singer um, and writer you know he was talking and and he just made such I mean I almost got chills listening to him because he was just again, just such a realistic, grounded person who was not willing to sell himself out. And he did say, he said this quote, and I'll never forget it. He said, be good at what you do and don't expect much. And if that isn't good enough, then don't do it. And it was just so, like, interesting to hear that coming from someone, you know, at his caliber, and he's worked really hard, and, you know, they've they've just, you know, they're amazing. But it was just cool to hear someone like that say something like that, you know, that like you're saying, you got to be passionate about it, and you got to love what you're doing. And it's you're just in this for the fame and fortune, it's, you know, more so than not probably going to work in your favor. So, yeah, yeah and I like the Foo Fighters guy, you got to be humble. You know, his humility is, is a good way to – nobody's going to want to work with the diva. And I honestly find in the industry – I've talked to some other industry friends about it – usually the people who are the most ridiculous or cocky or diva-ish are the newbies, you know, because the, the people that have been around and are established don't mm-hmm. have the need to – you know, to, you know, puff their feathers out and, and, and make a big deal because they realize we're all people and we're just really lucky to be doing what we love to do and be with other creative people who are getting a kick out of it too. Right, right. That's, that's yeah, yeah, that's a good point too. And I guess we could say we don't we won't get into a psychological analysis, but, you know, the ones who are really big and continue to have to puff out their feathers, well, that says a lot about their own insecurities, you know what I mean, and their own narcissism because they have to cover up for things that they just, you know, don't want to deal with. You know what I mean? So, but that's, Absolutely. that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, Gore Zone uh, before we, you know, wrap things up for tonight because I think that's another amazing thing that you're doing. And uh, we're going to talk about the Gore Zone magazine, which is out of the U.K. And, and how did you get involved in that and become a writer for it? You know, um, I, at the time uh, that Gore Zone launched, which was, I think, 2005, um, I was a columnist for Horror Mania magazine, which is a hard copy okay. magazine based in Italy, and I had been writing for them for about two years. That's actually how I established like a little fan base in Italy, and Horror Mania is, is really what led to a lot of contacts that allowed me to work on um, a couple feature films in Italy. Um, so that was pretty neat in itself. But Warzone came, um, I just started emailing with, with Bryn Hammond. Somehow I got on his email list, and he's the... Um, the creator of Gorezone, and he asked me if I'd like to do, like, a diary of a screen queen column, you know, monthly for him from New York. And um, so I was like, of course. So I started at, you know, the grassroots when the magazine was just fledgling and, you know, stayed okay. with for five and a half years, watched it grow into this, wow. you know, great magazine. They had, like, film festivals. Unfortunately, it seems that that magazine has folded, which is a shame, but it had an excellent run, you know, five years. It's pretty good for a hard copy um, and, you know, it's possible he might be able to resurrect it someday, but okay. um, I have actually t- taken on a couple new assignments for some other horror magazines, including Shock Horror, oh, cool. uh, which is also based in the U.K. I'm still okay. writing I'm um, more than ever. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, yeah, and the one that folded, you said, was was it the Gore Zone one or the other one? 
Um, both Horror Mania uh, folded. Um, they are online only, so um, I, okay. did, I stopped writing for them once the hard copy folded. And then okay. right about that time is when Gorzone launched. So it's like one thing led to another. The timing was was really good. Okay. Okay. Cool. Very cool. Well, that's that's again, and that's another thing I think you can also communicate to the audience and people getting involved. And something that I've you know you know, started to realize over time is that you don't have to just be the actress like you're doing. You're you're co writing now, you're you're producing, you're writing for magazines and that's another way to still kinda of get your creative juices out there, you know what I mean? And Absolutely. I think sometimes I know it, it expands your networking base too, because you know the, the more you do the more people you, you meet. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, originally it was me trying to get my music out there, and then when I noticed, you know, look, I got this psychology background. There's so many other things that I still love to do and that I can combine by doing other areas of entertainment, whether also I do some freelance writing for magazines and the radio show. And so, yeah, I agree with you, and I think that's a, a good thing to communicate to people is that, you know, don't try to just keep yourself narrow and kind of one-tracked. And, you know, I think it's really cool if people can broaden their horizons and do other things. Um, Absolutely. So. One thing might lead to another, and I just think it's real important to be open-minded. You know, a friend of mine, um, Alan Ro Kelly, who's a successful filmmaker now, he was a makeup artist for like 20 years in New York. So he worked in like high fashion, and he thought he'd be a makeup okay. artist forever. But it just led to the people he met, led to his his realization that he wanted to make films. So it's it's interesting wow. where the path leads you. It's like where my modeling yeah. work led to my acting work, led to my writing work led to my producing work. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. That's a, that's a perfect example, definitely, definitely. So let's just, um, yeah, but uh, again, I want you to plug all of your websites and everything you're involved in. And, I mean, it's been great to have you on, Susie. And I'd love to do a follow-up. I always tell my guests, you know, a few months from now, if you want to come back on and plug or promote other things that you're getting involved in, I'd love to have you back on. Thank you so much. I'd definitely love to come back on. I, I really appreciate you having me on. Cool, cool. So, yeah, just so I can plug your website and where people can uh, find out more information about you and get access to your films, and then we'll, uh, yeah, and then we'll wrap up for the night. Um, probably the best place is my official website, which is suzylorraine.com, S-U-Z-I-L-O-R-R-A-I-N-E.com. Also, I want to direct you guys to Wonton Baby. It's W-O-N-T-O-N dash baby.com that's our wonton baby official website and also um we have a wonton baby page on facebook and i'm on facebook too so feel free to add me (laughs) definitely definitely yeah everyone definitely add her on facebook she has a i think you have a fan page too right you have the personal page and a fan page exactly yeah and i I post regularly so you can see what's going on if, if i have appearances or you know um film screenings coming up Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a guest, Susie. It's been a pleasure having you on, and I wish you much continued success with everything that you're doing. You're an amazing person and very talented, and want to wish you continued success with everything. Thanks so much, Carrie. I really had a great time. Okay. Yeah, and we'll, we'll definitely be talking off the air. I know we've been playing a little phone tag, but we're yep. going to get in touch with each other. <laughs> Absolutely. Alrighty. Are you coming to Saturday Nightmares? I probably won't be able to get up there this weekend just because I have work has just been so crazy lately. But definitely keep uh-huh. me posted with your other, yeah. you know, conventions that you're doing. And especially if it's more central New Jersey located, that's a little easier than for me to get out. Right. Gotcha. 
Yeah, yeah and I definitely yeah, want to talk to you more about what we talked about um, earlier. So, so we'll yeah, yeah, feel free. Time. I'm going to be mm-hmm. around. This is this weekend, though, right? Friday and Saturday, you're going to be busy at that, right? Yeah, I'll be there this weekend. Okay. Okay. Yeah, why don't we plan on touching base early next week? Call me one night next week when you have some time, and we'll definitely uh, talk about some of that stuff. And I think, who knows, maybe we can somehow work together writing something someday, because believe me, the stories I have <laughs> and, and I the experiences you story. have, yeah, I think, <laughs> and I would love to do that. Just, But we'll talk more off the air, but I would love to start yeah. getting I wanna, involved I pick, in writing. I want to pick your brain next. <laughs> okay. Because I know All you right. have, have a very great. interesting story. Great. That sounds Thanks awesome. So much, Thank you Carrie. so much. All right, everyone. Again, Susie Lorraine on the Carrie Edelman Show tonight. Check her out at SusieLorraine.com. And uh, I will let you go for the night, but we will definitely have you back on in the near future. Okay? Thank you. Have a good All right. Night, Thanks again, Susie. Uh-oh, Susie, wait you one too. second. Someone's calling. Oh, I don't know what's going on here. Okay. All right. Have a great night, Susie. Thanks. You too. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay, everyone, again, you heard from Susie Lorraine tonight, who is considered and is the queen of Scream. Check her out at SusieLorraine.com, and also you can check her out this weekend in East Rutherford, New Jersey, at the Horror Convention, Saturday Nightmares, which she will be at. We are going to wrap things up for this evening. I will play my song, uh, Leave It All Behind, off my album title, Leave It All Behind, but before that, I'm just going to give everyone a brief information about who is coming on this Saturday. We're going to have a special show this Saturday, I'm doing two shows this week at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. I have someone calling in from Spain, so this is going to be an awesome guest. Her name is Jessica Gilbert, and she is the publisher and magazine owner of Talent Spotlight Magazine. And this woman is just an amazing person. She has lived basically in three different countries, uh, the U.S., Canada, uh, and Spain. She's also um, has a degree in a Bachelor's of Fine Arts degree in studio art with an emphasis on painting and drawing, as well as completed an intensive graphic design program. Her degree is from Concordia University, and she has been living in Spain for a while now. And in late 2008, she launched, um, she developed her idea for Talent Spotlight magazine, which came to fruition in November of 2010, and this magazine's amazing. Go to talentspotlightmagazine.com, and in this magazine, you'll see various artists that she interviews, and again, it's a, it's a great way for her to support other people and people to support her, and we're going to talk about her magazine this weekend, as well as she's been fortunate enough to also have worked um, in a book where she was featured, which is called Dream Reachers 2 by Betty Travis and Chase Vaughn. And you can check out you can check out Dream Reachers 2 as well as the first Dream Reachers at Amazon.com and other online bookstores. So definitely check out Jessica Gilbert at TalentSpotlightMagazine.com. We will be back with her this Saturday, June 4th, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in tonight. Again, congratulations and much continued success to Susie Lorraine, and we will be back on Saturday.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.